Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit National Gambling Support Line 800-522-4700. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Horse Racing Northwest from Emerald Downs. Talking thoroughbred racing mostly in the Pacific Northwest. We've got a new track announcer in, Bill Downs. He knows things pretty well in the Midwest and points east of here, but he's he's learning the ropes here. Joe Withy, Vince Brune, and Bill Downs. Bill, good afternoon and uh, another week upcoming, this time three days a week. Can you handle it? I think I can. <laughs> uh, you know, other places I've been at, we been at four even five way back in the day so even even back at at the old river downs we ran uh, six days a week believe it or not on a consistent schedule during the summertime yeah wow yeah well we i've I've been involved many six day weeks but that was a labor day or memorial days or fourth of july something like that but uh uh, anyway, we're going Friday, Saturday, and Sunday now at Emerald Downs. First race Friday at 7 p.m. You're going to want to come out this Friday and get your T-shirt, your Emerald Downs Friday night T-shirt. And uh, that T-shirt is good with your paid admission, good for admission all the rest of the Fridays like at Emerald gold. Downs this year. <laughs> it's worth something. And you know what? If you want, we've had people many times in the past um, come in, go back out, pay another admission, get another T-shirt. They call those spinners. Yeah, exactly. Spinners. There you go. And uh, we are going to stop that this year. Not that we don't mind you doing it, but we're going to make it easier for the spinners by uh, selling those T-shirts for $10. So you can buy additional shirts at the gift shop, which is up on track level now. Uh, You can buy those for $10, additional Friday night T-shirts. So keep that in mind. And uh, you're going to get a uh, coupon when you come in for your T-shirt. You can redeem those near the arcade, which is on track level toward the south end, uh, starting at 7 p.m., which is right about first race time. Make sure you get your, uh, you know, early pick four bet in there. Seven races at Emerald Downs on Friday, eight races Saturday, and eight races Sunday. 
Vince, have you taken a look at uh, Saturday and Sunday much? Of course you have. You do the morning line. Yep. Well, Sunday's races just came up. <clears throat> Excuse me. A couple of decent, uh, well, they got a nice 25 claimer for Washington Breads, including horses like Fantastic Day, Brilliant Bird, Forever Gold, Brilliant Bird. Yeah, Brilliant Bird. <laughs> and then... Uh, an allowance optional claimer will be the seventh race feature on Sunday. Horses like McCall Lane, Frank's Fix-It coming off a big win, El Alto Ombre, Stand 2 and that gang. So it looks like a pretty decent card. And I know the Friday night card tomorrow night came up really strong. A couple yeah. outstanding, uh, a good feature race sprint, and then a pretty good route race in uh, race four. Really uh, tough making those lines. Very good. Yeah, we've got some good field size coming up on our first Friday night. First race, once again, at 7 p.m., Saturdays and Sundays at 2 p.m. So three days of racing this week. Keep in mind, we've got that good takeout on one place show, 14.7%. And uh, training day will be on YouTube this week. Another retired racehorse story. Uh, Bill voiced that over, and that is on Percy's Bluff. I know Vince remembers Percy's Bluff. Well, you were in the Midwest when he was doing his big damage in California, Bill. Yeah. Uh, I, I wish I did remember, but uh, I, he sounds like a really cool horse. So, you know, I'll be looking forward to, to seeing those highlights in that uh, in that feature. Yeah, he he won uh, broke his maiden here. Howard Belvoir bought him in a yearling sale. But uh, when Jerry Hollendorfer claimed him in Northern Cal, he went on a tear down there. And and in retirement, he's over at down the stretch ranch uh, outside of Spokane. And uh, he's living a really great retirement with a bunch of buddies. And we'll, we'll do that story this weekend. We'll also have a, a former retired racehorse story on Saturday. So that's going to be going on. Um, let's see. A lot of promotions upcoming. Indian Relay is the weekend of June 17th, 18th, and 19th. And that is always popular. And Father's Day is the 19th. And Vince, uh, we're starting our stakes that uh, weekend as well. We've got a doubleheader on Father's Day the 19th with uh, the two three-year-old stakes. Yep. the Seattle stakes. And I believe it's the Auburn stakes. So, yeah, coming up. Coming up that week, uh, Bulldogs are going to be racing on the track on Sunday, June 12th, the week from this weekend. Of course, as I go backwards chronologically uh saturday june 11th is belmont stakes day and that should be a really good race this year i haven't looked at all those uh prompts on google for the prospective belmont field but i know a little bit about who's running so you know you got the kentucky derby winner rich strike and you got uh um the the horse that was the one horse in the Derby, the New York, the Wood winner. Mo Donegal. Mo Donegal, thank you. He's going to be in there. Um, and so it, it should be a pretty good race. Uh, I think it'll be quite a good race. Anyway. Yeah, the Belmont yeah. Day is almost like a mini Breeders' Cup. That's it right. Just, they just pile on the stakes races and the grade ones. And it no matter if, if the Triple Crown's on the line or not, there's so many good races on that day. It's just like a must if you're a horse player to, to, to handicap that card. Cause, Fantastic. Because you're going to look at it down the road and be looking at the, the remembering those races and other big, big races in 2022. Yeah, I think there's something like seven grade ones on Belmont, the Belmont Stakes card. Okay, and Nick Russo is going to join us. Nick was the daily racing form handicapper and columnist. And Vince, you, uh, you dealt with Nick for a lot of years up there on the sixth floor. Well, before that, Nick was the sports editor at the Seattle Post-Intelligencer with 
Art Deal and all those guys there. They had an outstanding sports section. And Nick's quite a horse racing uh, uh, handicapper, and he'll tell you how he uh, puts together the buyer speed figures. He, uh, for Emerald Downs, Andrew Beyer and Mark Hopkins, his associate, uh, do the buyer speed figures, and they have like six contributing consultants around the country, and Nick is one of those. So uh, a lot of owners and trainers we all know are always interested in those buyer speed figures now, so Nick will tell them how they're done. Very good. Yeah, Nick's going to join us today on Horse Racing Northwest, and we'll have uh, our sports shorts and trivia in the final segment as well. And uh, as far as the outdoor activities, we're going to kind of temper our enthusiasm on those this weekend here at Emerald Downs because of the um, projected thunderstorms or possible thunderstorms on Sunday. So we will have face painting inside for the kids, but the bounce house and the pony rides are going to be canceled this weekend and delayed for down the road. So keep that in mind. And last week at the track, uh, well... Kevin Radke did well again, fellas. Uh, I think five more wins for Radke and 14 for the season so far, Bill. Yeah, and that was after getting shut out on opening day. So, therefore, mm. to get 14 at this that quick, even after a, a slow start for one day, is uh, very impressive. And so it's Radke and then Gutierrez and then Cruz, top three, right? There it is. Yeah. And those are, uh, I think those are David Marble Singer's uh, writers. Yeah, that's correct. Last oh, four days, yeah. Kevin's gone six, three, two, three. Look at 14 that. 14 wins in the last four days. Fantastic. Kevin Radke, a two-time jockey champion, and uh, he is uh, riding well at age 50. Uh, hey, the feature race last week, top executive beat those two super sharp uh, sprinters, Papa's Golden Boy and Wind Ribbon, and uh, he's just a really good horse around here. Vince? Yeah, he smelled the finish line there. Papa's golden boy looked like he was home. He shook off Dutton around the turn and kicked clear. And, you know, top executive, while, you know, he may have avoided trouble, he was having to chase a pretty fast pace around there. And uh, that was a horse that's showing a will to win there to get up under Alex Cruz. Uh, Papa's golden boy, nothing nothing wrong in defeat there. Ran another tremendous sprint wind ribbon. Had the one hole. He looked like a horse that might benefit off that race last uh, yeah. weekend. He ran he ran a decent third, but the top two dominated. Kind of had that one hole trip a little bit, Bill. Yes, early on he certainly did. But I thought you know on the turn he kind of got off the inside a little bit, and, and you know he just couldn't match strides with the top two. But you know obviously he ran so well in the Longacres Mile last year that that you know that's the ultimate goal I would assume is uh, you know eventually taking a shot there and trying to get the W as well as uh, winning whatever other stakes races throughout uh, 2022. At and, and top executive did have a prep down at Golden Gate. Right, right. that lost in a fog stakes. Yeah, and uh, and that was a real tough race, and he was laying really nice in that race and just kind of came up empty in the stretch. But boy, like Joe said, he loves this racetrack here, and he's going to be a handful this year. Four in a row at Emerald Downs for top executive. Horse of the meeting last year, off to a great start beating those uh, – top sprinters and uh, i think he's five for seven overall at this track stakes winner at ages two and three and he beat a stakes like field last weekend at emerald downs blaine wright trainee owned by the marianskis and the schneiders top executive a thrilling win our top race last week speaking of last week how about the honors for this uh, past two-day week vince okay yeah our jockey is a new one jose nava Marin, is mm. that how we're saying it? I, I think went Marine. Marine, yeah. okay, yeah. yeah. If, it's, if it's got any Hispanic, yeah, I think I, it's 
would be Marine, I we would gotta, think, but we got we can double check. We got to do a little more research on him. I know he, he rode a little bit down in Rolito and Turf Paradise before coming up here, and he got his first win at Emerald Down. So congratulations to him, our Jockey of the Week. How about slamming Sam Dronin, guys? Jeez. Three for three last Woo. week, four for four at the meet. Three of those have been pretty big prices. He's our Trainer of the Week. Rick Kessler, a Terra Firma Farm, no strangers to the winter circle around here. Miss Parkside. One of their wins, they went two for two for the week. Washington hmm. Bread, Ice for Gold, fed by Ron and Nina Hagen. And our groom, Edgar Cruz, uh, works for uh, trainer M.L. Pierce. M.L. Pierce up from Phoenix again this year, doing a good job. Excellent. Okay. And uh, the news and notes at emeralddowns.com, are, have they been unveiled? They are. They're Excellent. Up. Yep. They'll be up every Thursday now throughout the year. Okay. So go to emeralddowns.com. <whistles> Emerald Downs, that would be a dot .com. Click on News and Notes, and you're going to get uh, a really good uh, recap and preview of Emerald Downs Racing that Vince does so well every week. So, hey, uh, so we'll do some selections as well in our third segment. I think that's about it. Again, T-shirts on Friday night, first race at 7 p.m., and we'll come back with Nick Russo here on Horse Racing Northwest. Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code SPORTOFKINGS, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first. 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code SPORTOFKINGS when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit National Gambling Support Line 800-522-4700. They're at the quarter pole. Pirates Punch comes on to take the lead. Pirates Punch, the leader off the turn. Background fights on, but Sprawl's been waiting in the wings, and here he comes. One for long to go. Pirates Punch, short lead. Background fights on. Sprawl's trying to get by them. Not today for Silverdust. 16th to go. Pirates Punch and Background. Sprawl's flattened out late. Background is determined. And Background re-rallies on Pirates Punch to win it. Well, that was background winning at Churchill Downs last week and the defending Longacres Mile champ now with a couple of nice victories this year, one at Oaklawn and one at Churchill Downs. Background, of course, owned by uh, Bob and Paula Rondo. And, or, oh, shoot, I said his, that's his former wife. We're going to do that one more time. Luckily, I didn't talk too much. I'll make it shorter. Rob, we're going to start over there. Okay, three, two... One. That was background winning at Churchill Downs last week. He also has a big win at Oaklawn and the defending Longacres Mile champion uh, going very well in 2022. Background owned by Bob and Molly Rondo, trained by Mike Puich. Rocco Bowen rode him in to mile glory last year, and we'll see if he shows up for this year's running. Hey, speaking of the mile, big races and horse racing in the Northwest, 
Our guest on Horse Racing Northwest today is one Nick Russo. Nick, good afternoon. Hi, Joe. How are you? Good. Hey, so good to have you on. Nick uh, sat up there on the sixth floor in the press area for so many years, handicapping for the daily racing form and writing columns as well. Uh, hey, we miss you around here, Nick. I miss you guys. Yeah, I'll be out. I mean, I, obviously, things were a little dark during the pandemic, but I definitely yeah. have some plans to get out and see you guys here soon. That is great. And uh, Nick helped us out with some videos like angles for experts and things. And um, how about uh, some of your highlights from being out here, you know, so many days per week at Emerald Downs for those seasons? Well, I think that, you know, the people are the highlight out there. And, you know, I mean, I just, uh, there were so many enjoyable people, uh, you know, and, uh, um, you know, be from the jockeys to the trainers to the owners and, and of course, the people that work there. So, so that for me, that was the highlight. And, and uh, you know, there was some great racing, particularly early on. 2009 was my first year. and. Mm. And there was some great stuff going on, and and uh, then Noosa Beach came along, and and uh, you know he was you know probably the best horse you know overall during my tenure out there, and um, so he was he was a thrill to kind of watch him develop and do his thing, and and so yeah, no, it's just a lot a lot of a lot of positive memories of uh, of those years out at Emerald. That's great. Yeah, you succeeded Dennis Dodge, who uh, we do remember that year. He passed away just a few days after Wasserman had won the mile that year. And uh, Nick Russo took over. And uh, as Vince said in the introduction, you were sports editor at the PI for several years. And uh, you kept racing up uh, in decent focus. We thank you for that, Nick. And I know you enjoyed doing that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, my racing background goes back to going out to long acres and you know well actually the first time we ever went to the, the track was up at exhibition park now hastings hmm. went because you could be younger and get in there and my my dad took me and my brother up there i think in 1968 was our first uh, taste of that and uh so i was only 11 and he was 10 so it was <laughs> uh, very memorable and then uh you know the early days of long acres for us were were, were pretty special as well Hey, wait a minute, Vince. He was going up there because he could bet that huge pick six back then. Oh, yeah. At, <laughs> at was, X Park. They had some huge carryovers. That was about 1980 or so. And, yeah, they were even doing articles down here about it. And uh, you'd have to wait about an hour to get a bet down. And that was some crazy days. Nick, one of the things you do, though, you how many years now have you done the buyer speed figures here at Emerald Downs? Um, how long have I been doing the buyers? I'd say... Probably close to ten years. Oh, yeah. And 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 uh, maybe briefly explain how many of you guys are around the country compiling them. I know you work for Andy Beyer. Everyone knows who he is. And just a kind of a crash course in how you crunch the numbers and come up with a figure on a given horse in a race here at Emerald Downs. Yeah. Well, right now I think there are six different uh, figure makers around the around the nation. Obviously, Andy still does them. Um, Randy Moss does a bunch of tracks. Um, Mark Hopkins, who is um, Andy's business partner, he does a bunch of tracks. Dick Girardi, the sports writer from Philadelphia, he he does speed figures. And then there's uh, I think two other two other guys, including another guy named Nick, who I've yet to meet. Okay. And and then and then you take uh, for last weekend, for example, we run 18 races here. I think it was nine each day, or. 
and yeah. then you sit down pretty soon afterwards. And and how do you? What are the quickly kind of the the machinations of you putting uh, putting together the buyers for a given card here? Well, we go into a to a database inside the Daily Racing Forms internal site. They keep all the statistics for us, and and so we go in there and and you open up what's called the Buyer Fifty Fifty Nine Report um, for. For example, for Emerald last Saturday, and it, it's going to show show me all nine races with with all the results, the the margins between horses, uh, all the fractional times. It'll show me the buyer speed figures earned by each horse in its last five races. Um, it'll also show me the par time. There, there are par times for a bunch of different classes where where on average that's that's the buyer that a horse, say, a $5,000 claimer is going to earn. Obviously, sometimes they run faster, sometimes slower. And then it's also going to show me a, a raw speed figure, which is, is the same at every racetrack, so that, uh, say, a horse that runs six furlongs in one-ten flat, that raw speed figure is 106, and that's going to be the same at every racetrack in the country. So then you so you have your raw figures, and you, then you start uh, figuring out your variant from there. Hey, hey Nick, uh, how many tracks do you do on a weekly basis? And in terms of like just overall workload, do you ever get like overwhelmed? Because I know Vince does the morning line here at Emerald. I used to do the morning line at Indiana Grant. And sometimes, you know, you start doing stuff for week after week, month after month. Do you ever get overloaded? And then how do you, is it just a love of the game that keeps you going through it? Yeah, I mean, and, and the fact that they have so much information available to you makes it a lot easier than the old days when, you know, before the figures were in the racing form and you were doing your own own speed figures and whatnot. But um, but I have, I have about 15 tracks, and, and it's much busier, of course, in the summer because that's when most of these tracks are running. So I'm just really gearing up. A bunch of tracks just opened, uh, Emerald, Hastings, Ruidoso, um, see what else just opened. A track in Nebraska just opened that I have. I have Mountaineer in West Virginia as well. Um, so Assiniboia Downs just opened in Canada. I have that. So, um, yeah, I mean, in, in the summer, you know, there'll be some days where I have to do speed, speed figures for, you know, seven tracks, yeah. seven or eight tracks in a day. And, and so that, that, that takes some, you know, you definitely have to put some time aside for that, and it can be a little bit of a grind. Yep. Say, you know, Nick, uh, we do know, and you watched it yourself for many years, we run a lot of fast times here. At Emerald Downs, but uh, it sounds like it's just a formula. There's numbers that you deal with, and uh, you can just adjust those pretty easily for, say, Emerald running uh, more one. Yeah, it's you know, really, Emerald is actually very, very formful from day to day. I mean, the the variant is usually in a range. It's it's you know, obviously, you know, it's fast, but it's. um, I mean, last year there were a couple couple of instances where I, I think they must have done some track renovations because there were, um, you know, some where, where the variant, like, changed overnight from, say, minus 50 to minus 30 or something like that, which is pretty substantial. But uh, the first five days of the meet here, it's been really fast. Um, so the variants have been ranged from minus 53 to minus 63, so right in that range. Okay. Uh, that's an internal number that you use. We see it uh, on the uh, track variant on the daily racing form, uh, like a 08 or 07 would be a fast track for the day, and a 19 would be a slow track, right? 
You know what I'm yeah, talking. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, we don't use any of that. Okay. Um, so, so I'm, you know, I don't, I don't pay too much attention to to what that might mean, but um, you got the special uh, numbers. Yeah. You you got the secret special numbers. Is, is yeah, Nick? Is there does subjectivity ever come into your equation at all? Where you're like visually, you might move a horse up because you thought it was kind of impressive, or is it like Joe said, basically just a formula you're following? Well, I mean, you start out by um really the best the best way to do the speed figures is to handicap the card in advance and and so you project what what if, if these horses run their races what the what the speed figure should be and that you know so there's some subjectivity in there in, in kind of projecting what you think the race should be running but then usually the things fall in line pretty well once you put them put nine races down and you put the raw times and then you compare them to what you projected and, and you get your variant that way. And, and, uh, you know, so it's rare that sometimes you'll, um, sometimes you'll, you'll come across a race that just doesn't make any sense. Um, but, but not very often in Emerald is that the case. Um, I find that some of the tracks in, in New Mexico, there's a lot of, there's a lot of tracks now that races are hand timed and, and where, um, so often they don't have fractional times and and there's there's all kinds of timer issues at some tracks these days and and that can really throw a wrench into things yeah yeah we've had a couple of those over the years with beehives and things uh near the near the uh timer sensors but uh the buyer speed figures they are pretty much king uh vince will tell you any morning line guy you know if you want to make an accurate morning line what's the first thing you look at well it, it's you better be looking at the buyers because they they're going to move the tote board quite a bit and, and it, we don't have the sheets out here i know in some of the east and west coast uh bigger tracks on the west coast in california uh, the sheets can be uh, the line maker better look at those too but yeah i gotta be honest the buyer speed figure is a, is a enormous factor in the morning line these days because players obviously uh base a lot of wagering on them and bill yeah no doubt no you, doubt you did that at indiana right you yeah. made the morning line did so. that for i don't know about five six years yeah. certainly uh you got to have something that you're looking at numbers wise just to get you a guide and then obviously your local knowledge especially at a track like emerald where you see the same horses a time and time again where indiana would be with the open races, you get a lot of Kentucky shippings and all that. And with them with the Indiana breads, it's kind of like here at Emerald where you see the same horses six, seven, eight times throughout, throughout the racing meet. Nick, what else are you up to these days? I know you were last time I talked to you, were you doing some MLB.com stuff too? No, some... I'm not, I'm not with MLB.com anymore, but I'm the managing editor of, of historylink.org. We're a, huh. we're a encyclopedia of Washington state history. That's been around for about 22 years. And, uh, there are over 8,000 entries on the site now, and, and so I assign uh, and edit the stories for the site, and uh, occasionally I'll write some stuff up as well. That's great. Fantastic. Yeah. What's that website again? Historylink.org. Historylink.org. That is great. Yeah, we've got a history of, uh, of long acres on there and, and a few other things. We don't have an emerald history yet, but um, we've got some stuff there that's that's interesting, and we're, we're adding more sports content. Uh, to the whole, you know, mix of, of content that we have there, and 
And, uh, you know, the previous editor wasn't really, <laughs> didn't have a sports background, but I do. So I get to, I get to kind of decide some of that stuff and it, it's been great. That is great. Well, Vince, just send him a copy of the media guide. There's the history of Emerald Downs we'll right do there. It. Yeah, the other one, one question I had for Nick was Andy Byer, he's, he's getting a little long in the tooth, but it seems like the, the fire's still burning in his belly for uh, horse racing. Do you see Andy going on a lot longer here? You know, I think Andy will do do speak figures and do this for as long as as long as he's pretty much alive. I mean, really, I, I you know, so um, yeah. I mean, he still loves it, and, and uh, you know, I mean, he takes his vacations and stuff, and you know, he he does he gets to you know, obviously, he picks and chooses which tracks he wants to do, but, but you know, he likes to do the you know Santa Anita, you know, Southern California, and then. Um, he does a few others. He does Maryland. He lives back there and, and, uh, he does some of the Florida tracks and, um, you know, and then Mark, Mark Hopkins does New York and, and Randy Moss is Arkansas and a, and a few others. And it's, it's a really good lineup of, of, of guys doing this, doing the figures for Andy. Excellent. Okay. Well, it sounds like you're staying pretty darn busy, Nick, which is good to hear. And yeah, make sure you come out and see us this year. Yeah, absolutely. Now that we're, uh, as we say wide open and you know we just did want to bring up one of your good friends that tragically passed away a little more than a month ago uh chris eckland who was a good friend of many of us here at emerald downs over the years married to carrie steiner uh, joe and sally steiner's daughter and chris was an agent and I, I I saw him smiling a bunch on opening day 2000, Nick. Uh, he had Miguel Perez, and it was Miguel's first ever day at Emerald Downs, and he won five races that day, yeah. inclu- including yeah. the stake. But uh, you and Chris were pretty good buddies, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I've known Chris. I, I We first met when we were teenagers working out at Long Acres, and, uh, you know, he's, so, he's such a loyal friend and, and such a such a great guy. You know, love to handicap the horses, and we worked together in a few different jobs, and and uh, always stayed in touch. We we loved to meet up down at the quarter shoot, and um, you know, he just uh, really a great family. Um, Carrie, you know, his his kids Maggie and Oscar. Um, mm-hmm. He's so so proud of the kids and. You know, his parents are great people as well, and, and obviously, you know, Joe and Sally. So, um, yeah, I know it's a, it's a tragedy, but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing everyone on, on June 11th for the memorial service out there at the track. Very good. Uh, I think, is that June 11th or is it June 18th? June 11th you have, Nick? I do. Okay, very good. Let's go with June 11th because if we miss that, then... Um, then we can come back yeah, on the 18th. Yeah, <laughs> but it is a Saturday for sure. Yeah, Chris uh, had a car accident and had complications from that, uh, again, a little more than a month ago. Uh, and, yeah, we certainly miss him uh, as as part of the game and, and part of uh, Big Emerald Downs family. So Yeah, I know. It was just stunning. It was yeah. just stunning to, you know, to lose him like that. So, um, yeah. Well, you still uh, cashing in those late pick fours once in a while because uh, you, you hit qu- you hit quite a few of them in your tenure up when you were up here. I should ask you that, Joe. Uh, How's things going? I haven't hit one yet this year, a pick four anyway. But uh, um, you're still playing, of course, a little bit. Oh yeah, a little bit. Um, definitely. I mean, Derby Day, I got hurt when Epicenter lost, and, and you mm. know, but a lot of people did, and and uh, um, you know, you hate losing to a horse like that um that that you just can't see you know but uh th- that's what makes horse racing great that the sometimes the, the 
the impossible happens and it just happened to happen there. Yep. Well, good catching up with you and uh, we'll check out historylink.org and, and we'll, we'll be cussing when we see a buyer figure that, you know, we'd, uh, we don't like because <laughs> the odds are going a lot lower for the horse we want to bet and all that. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the, so the fastest figure this, this meet so far is uh, an 81 for uh, top executive. Okay. Yeah. Uh, slowest big is a 17 for a horse called Coasting and a maiden 5,000. Um, okay, Joe and, I, Joe and I like that horse. Yeah, we, we, we were cashed. on that horse that we cashed. Day. Nine to two. There well, you go. Nine to two it, pays nine to two, whether around, it's an yeah. 81 or a 17. <laughs> yeah, that's right. A 17 buyer. That worked. Nick, thanks so much for joining us. Good to catch up with thanks you. Thanks for having me. All Thank right. you, Nick. Thanks, Nick. Okay, guys. Nick Russo joining us on Horse Racing Northwest. And, uh, yeah, those buyer figures are ever since the early 90s when they first came out into in the form. Of course, Andrew Buyer goes well back uh, further than that. But, uh, yeah, you guys doing morning lines. I remember Rob Rao did our morning line for a long time. I mean, he he wasn't a favorite player, but he just knew where the money was going in these races. And, uh, you know, yeah. that's what a morning line guy's job is. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big, th- I try not to get too obsessed with it, you know, when you're doing the morning line, because then you'll miss a lot of stuff if you're just looking at the morning line. But yeah, you got to look at it. It's And, and next you can tell he's, he's, a, he's a serious guy and he does a great job on that. So, oh, yeah. And I just don't really like looking at them that much in handicapping i mean you yeah. you, you know your eyes going to see that bold figure once in a while but you don't want it to you, you remember my old assistant jacob polowitz who's by the way is a good friend of nick's <laughs> they've done a beater scout he, he invented right. a tool called the buyer buster which it would fit <laughs> over the sheet in the forum where the buyers were so we wouldn't see him he didn't want it influencing he invented him at all. It. buyer buster <laughs> buyer buster that was uh, we use that mm-hmm. now and then okay hey Uh, We'll be back with our final segment in just a moment here on Horse Racing Northwest. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Horse Racing Northwest, our final segment. Thanks for listening. And uh, audio only. I don't know if we're going to get back on that video anytime soon. Um, Bill just screwed up the rotation when he came in here, and now we don't have enough cameras or something. No. Something no, we, like that happened. Yeah. We, we sent out my ca- fault. We yeah. sent out cameras to get repaired, and so that that's that situation. Um, Nick Russo joined us. Thank you for that. Uh, Vince, you got a couple other things you want to mention about this week, is it? Yeah, well, our neighbors to the north, oh, it's, they're running the Emerald Down Stakes. So we got to mention that for fillies and mares. And that's interesting because it's on Saturday. Bayako's Image, our champion sophomore filly last year. She's running in the Emerald Down Stakes. She won a couple of stakes here last year. And then in the George Royal in the same card, any port in a storm and Sir Bregovic. Fourth and eleventh in the mile last mm. year. Any port in a storm just missed in that twenty nineteen mile that you called with Law Biden Citizen. He's in action in the George Royal, and he's coming off a great effort where he finished quite a bit ahead of top executive in that race down okay, at uh, that's Golden right. Gate. So he was third or fourth in that race. He was a good third. Third set, set set the pace, so he'll probably be pretty tough up over the bull ring. And then uh, 
Ken Perry, our clerk of scales, he pointed out something. He's been pretty close to the Scriber family, and Jory Scriber got her first $100,000 win. Our champion apprentice from 2020, she's riding back at Sunray Park, and she booted home a horse called Karina Corina in the $100,000 Dine Stakes last Saturday. That is so, great. Nice work, Jory Scriber. Yeah, she impressed me here. She She's a horse gal. She could handle a horse, you know. She could handle a different horse. Different things and, going on, and, you know. Yeah, and she was, she was sure not shy of the rail either. She yeah. would come up, and that oh. caught my eye right away. She got a couple wins coming right up inside there. Yeah, so she's 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 a decent I'm rider. Not surprised she's progressing. That's great. Okay, how about some selections? You know, I got to admit I haven't done Saturday or Sunday. Sunday's uh, just came out, but we still have a Friday to talk about. Bill, you might want to look at something Saturday. What do you got? Well, I mean, the feature race I got out right now, okay. which is uh race number 7 an allowance race 25,000 going five and a half furlongs. And uh, Kate Cooper's got, uh, I believe, a couple in here. The two, Nation Heart and the Seven Ice. I think Neat. Nation Heart's coming out and is going Sunday. In oh, yeah. Back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she'll probably just have, who's the other one in there? Ice Needs Whiskey. Yeah. Coming off the long layoff winner. Uh, broke the maiden in, in, an, in an allowance race, which you don't see every day. They added blinkers that day, and it was... A nice win, but there's a horse in here, I think, that really needed a race last time out on opening day, and that's the three-horse Ethan's Animal mm-hmm. for trainer Blaine Wright. I think uh, eight to one in the morning line, and I like that Alex Cruz stays aboard after a fifth-place finish. Kind of lost position on the turn, but was really uh, kicking it in late. Almost got third, and he finished fifth in the race, but was off of an extremely long layoff October of 2020 to May of 2022. You can certainly excuse uh, that effort. And I just think we're going to get some improvement from Ethan's animal, even though uh, Nation Heart's probably going to scratch. Still should be, you know, around the, on the lines of nine to two or so, probably when it's all said and done. So Ethan's animal is a horse that I'm going to be uh, looking at very closely in that seventh race on Saturday. Okay, very good. Ethan's animal. Do we remember uh, what the morning line is on that? Is eight that, to one, but eight, it, eight? But, but with Vince yes. you're mentioning that the three to one shot's probably going to scratch, then you got to maneuver everyone down. So you got to temper uh, your uh, expectations, if you will, once uh, you know one of the the main horses are, are scratching from a race. I sure. like your angles on that horse, and, and and you're learning pretty fast that Blaine Wright is uh, pretty sharp around here. So second time out at the meet, we saw last week Stonus Maximus. That was made in fives, I believe. That horse just absolutely crushed a good field second out of the meet for Blaine Wright. Yep. And I think Blaine had Ethan's animal when uh, he was a two-year-old. Yeah, that and is then correct. he yeah. didn't train for the Hansons for a while. Now he's back training so he knows that horse well and then uh vince can talk about this because the emerald racing club is going to have a a, a horse in the third race on friday tango said and uh vince and i were in the in the barn area we got to uh, show me tango said up close in person and uh he's got speed i think he's gonna get i think vince knows (laughs) after watching what happened with the price of the first emerald racing club that's right yeah uh, i probably will get bet but uh, tango said certainly has a a decent chance uh to to get the get get the money first off the claim for the emerald racing club and uh, trainer jeff metz well good now i got a scapegoat if we don't run good joe yeah bill you jinxed us Uh uh-huh no i i think you're right i think the pace pace situation looks kind of good for tango said tomorrow night i like stay thirsties i like wind type horses um he's a three-year-old in against olders but he comes in sharp from phoenix i did put him second in there 
I put Crest Drive on top in that race. He's a tough horse, isn't he? And Bill's going to get to know that. I mean, how many times... That horse has had two, three race winning streaks here over Mm -hmm. different seasons. He fired first out. I mean, he's he's just... He's fast, and he is gritty when he's in contention at the eighth pole or so. Sure is. He's a real gritty horse. Uh, he, He was beaten ahead by... Crooked, crooked finger Ray or Roy? Was that cro- Ray? Crooked yeah. finger Ray. Yep. Who's back this week and is a morning line favorite? In another okay. Race. Yeah. So yeah, I thought Tango said, you know, you guys have a good shot. You got a, a horse that you know started out maybe higher in his career, dropped down, and he's working his way back up, and he's only a three-year-old. So, and I, I went with uh, yeah, as I said, Crest driving there, and the the. How about the sixth race on Friday night? Those older horses. Uh, That's you a great mentioned race, that yeah. to me. And, you know, Take Charge Deputy is probably going to be favored. Uh, he's just been consistent. He's run at other tracks this year, run well. He ran well here behind Wheel Rally. But I'm going to go out on a limb a little bit with Mahi Mahi in mm-hmm. there for Blaine Wright. Um, he's coming off a couple of fourths at Golden Gate, which were earlier, way earlier this year. So he's had a little bit of a break. It's got a good dirt record, as we can see, from uh, racing in other tracks in California. He's certainly got speed. He's the kind that kind of showed speed well, no matter what distance he runs, whether it's five and a half or a mile and 70. And a little freshening for him. Um, good year last year. So uh, he should be right up there and might have get the jump on take charge deputy. Cody's choice, of course, with good speed. That would be my pick, okay. uh, Cody's choice. And I think he gets the lead, and I think he gets yeah. it rather easily. Good post as well, five and a half furlongs, which I don't think will be the worst thing in the world for him, uh, even though the last time he ran at five and a half, he didn't get off to a good start. But if he gets off to a good break, I think he's the quickest. Uh, he Mahi is, Mahi it, it can show some speed as well, but I think Cody's choice might be the one to catch. And Candy Zip, don't overlook that horse from I the outside it. for Bob Bean. He ran a series of good races. AZ Rules has decent speed, and Western Rule comes off a win. Elliott Bay was fourth in the mile one year, so there's that's a deep field. Yeah, Elliott Bay is, is kind of on a non-winning streak, but if we remember a couple of years ago when he started in those sprints, he yeah. won two straight, and he beat Papa's yeah. Golden Boy. Um, okay, yeah, Cody's choice, he was really sharp at the end of last year after just a couple of dull efforts. I think he even routed in one at he one did. point he, how he sharp was, he was, yeah. He was uh, on the claim. He was getting claimed every now and then, very often it is. That's a great race, yeah. Good race. That is the sixth, the Muckleshoot Casino Purse, the sixth of seven on Friday night at Emerald Downs. First race, 7 p.m., T-shirts on Friday nights with your paid admission. And again, that T-shirt good for admission on Fridays the rest of the year. We do have a a jackpot pick six carryover. It's growing a little bit. It'll start in race number two on Friday, $4,600 in that jackpot pick six carryover. And of course, that's a 20 cent jackpot pick six. Okay, how about sports shorts? Uh, I'll go first. Uh, The NBA finals start tonight. So I did a little NBA. Who's got the most seasons with 50% field goal, 40% three-point shooting, and 90% from the foul line. One guy in NBA history has done that four One times. times. 50% from the field, 40% from three, and 90% from the foul line. That's, uh, that's some good shooting for a season right there. Larry Bird? Larry Bird is number two maybe in that. Because he could certainly do all yeah. those. 
And Rick Barry was a little bit before the three-point. He right. certainly would qualify on the free throws. And uh, I had to update it because when I did this a few couple few years ago, Steph Curry had won, but, you know, he hasn't done it since. He hasn't shot 50% yeah, from the right. field since then. He's had some 40% threes. Anyway. Clay Thompson? It's a sport short. It's Steve Nash. Steve Remember, he, Nash. Won, he won back-to-back MVPs. So Steve Nash, four times, 50-40-90 in NBA history. Vince? Uh, go ahead, Bill. Uh, you know, okay. I, I, well, I'll do a quick one. I, I, I was not prepared today. I it doesn't matter with you. You've got, you know, hockey, you know. I mean, he's telling me all this NBA stuff from the 60s that's I'll, just... I'll tell you, I mentioned earlier background one. I'll just point out that May 1st allowance race that Caddo River won at Oakland Park. Mm-hmm. The last and next to last place finishers in that race, Silver Prospector and Background. Background came back and won $134,000 allowance. Silver prospector who finished fifth that allowance won the four hundred thousand dollar steve sexton mile at lone star park last saturday that's great okay yeah. background uh and that looks like a tough race won by cattle river bill keeping with the nba okay uh theme if you will uh since the championship is tipping off tonight with boston and golden state i had to think back to my days uh, growing up in chicago and one of the things I got my, my dad to do, we already talked about my Green Bay Packer season ticket holder due mm-hmm. to my father. One of the things we, I, I guess I forced my dad to do was get partial season tickets for the Chicago Bulls. So I was able to go to plenty of big Chicago Bulls games. And I've seen a, quite a few moments in person and a couple that uh, since I was looking for a sports short, the 1991 NBA championship game two, where he went up with the right hand, looked like he was going to dunk it. And then he comes at the last second and scoops it. And it was like the commercial to be oh, like yeah. Mike. I was at that game against the Lakers wow, cool. uh, game two, which the bulls uh, won rather easily. And then uh, the next year in 1992, the game one where Jordan hit uh, six, three pointers in the first half alone against Portland, against Portland, scoring 35 first half points in a blowout route of 122 to 89. And Portland was one of the teams that, uh, that, that did give uh, Michael that that was a, a heck of a series. It took six games and the bulls won it uh, at Chicago, at the old Chicago stadium in that game. But uh uh, Portland, uh, I always remember, uh, probably the t- one of the toughest uh, uh, teams that uh, gave Michael at least uh, a challenge. But uh, both those games, I was I was there live and in, nice. in, in person, so yeah. I always they brought up some good memories going back and looking up the stats uh, for those two games. And speaking of the, those were signature moments in Michael Jordan's career. And, both of those. Oh I, yeah, I still remember it, uh, the one you're talking about where he changed the direction of the shot yeah it's just julius irving did that one time too on that famous drive to the hoop where he went under the basket or whatever mark landisberger in his face i the blade portland blazers were in the news today i saw where phil knight of nike fame is him and a partner are buying apparently the portland trail blazers for two billion dollars yeah it's potentially it's owned by uh paul allen's uh, sister Jody yeah. Allen, who owns the Seahawks sister, as well. Right. So I don't think that's official yet, but it sounds like that's mm. going to happen. Yeah, that's the price that the Clippers went for. To Steve Ballmer, yeah. yeah. So it was around two billion, they're saying. So oh, boy, oh boy, you know, you know what the Seahawks franchise fee was when they came in in '76, and this was big news. How much it was at uh, the time? Seven million or sixteen so? million. Sixteen million, and wow. everyone was ooing and aahing at that. You yeah, know, it's just times have changed. Wow. Okay. 
So there's a couple sports shorts for you. Some uh, look at handicapping. Okay, trivia. You know, we didn't get any answers from last week. It was an obscure question. It was crazy tough. The horse with the most first out wins in Emerald Downs history. So this horse, six times he started. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. I must have been talking about that with you before. No, I remember it. Yeah. 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 You you have mentioned it. Salt Grinder won six times in his first out of the calendar year, all here at Emerald Downs. Uh, Pretty good stuff. You know, there's there's horses with a lot of wins. Uh, West Seattle Boy won uh, 21 here, but he didn't win his first out all that often. And uh, Mike Mann's Gold has won his first out of uh, the calendar year several times, but uh, no, he's won his first out at the meeting here several times, but not of the calendar year because he's gone down to Phoenix a lot. And of course, he's our all-time leader with 26. So the answer was Salt Grinder 6, most first out Emerald Downs calendar year wins. This year's or this week's trivia question is, uh, I didn't go too deep here. He finished last in the mile one year and won the Long Acres Mile the next year. Only one horse in history has done that. Send your answers to trivia at Emerald. Don't spurt out the answer there, Vince. I don't know it. So Emerald Downs so trivia at emeralddowns.com. One time, last in one year, and it was a big field, and in the next year he beat a big field. So uh, I guess like a speed turn horse or something things like around. That. Yeah, that makes sense. Pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Hey, guys, thank you very much. All right. Uh, Big week, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and uh, rain or shine, we'll be here. Thanks for listening to Horse Racing Northwest.